Welcome to the Rogues on the Road podcast, where we talk food, beverage, travel, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us once again for an exciting episode. Uh, I'm Rich. And I'm Matt, and we are live at a couple places uh, this this Sunday afternoon. We were first at the Jacob Javits Center at the Hotel... Hotel. Convention? And hospitality convention, which is very interesting. Yes, and uh, we met up with JP. Uh, he is the co-owner and CRO of Farm Shelf, which, uh, so we're excited to have you on. Excited to be here. And uh, see where this technology is is going and has gone, so. But first off, yes. we're at WeWorks, is that what this is? Yeah, so we're at a couple different places. We are, we started at Jacob Javits Center. We were going to go to Mercado Little Spain because you have units operating yep. um, over there. And it was a little busy. It was a little busy. So we are at WeWork Food Labs. Correct. Um, which, uh, is, which is not far. And what is WeWork's Food Lab? I'm a little confused. It's, it's, a, it's a rentable workspace, right? right? Yeah, it's a leasable workspace. And in this particular one, it's all food companies. Oh, really? And so Farm Shelf is a temporary resident through a, an accelerator they're doing. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful space. and um, it really is, yeah. yeah. And um, you have units operating here? We, have, we have units operating here in a week. Wow. So by the time you're listening to it, we'll have, we'll have farm shelves here. That's great. Yeah. All right. How many farm shelves are you planning on putting? We're going to put two into this. Very good. But yeah. Cool. Okay. So for listeners... What exactly is Farm Shelf? What's, what's the history of it? I know what it is. I know some of the challenges, and I'm really, really interested yeah. to, to, to kind of talk about those as well. well yeah, thanks for having and me. And how you got we, started. We, so um, welcome. Sure, thank you. Uh, Farm Shelf, um, our mission is to make it easy for people to grow their own food wherever they work, live, and eat. And um, we're really starting with the, with the work and eat portion of it. Uh, so we build, our current product is um, about the size of a bookcase, uh, and it is a hydroponic growing system. Um, so what that means is we ship our customers seed pods. We have about 50 different kinds of uh, leafy greens and herbs that we grow. Um, they're inserted into a, a drawer in the unit, um, and they go from seed to sprout there. And, and then we'll, and we'll we have photos, so we'll be posted. Yeah, if you're listening sure. to the podcast, you'll be able to see some of these photos. And then there are four viewable shelves. Um, it, the, the unit is six and a half feet high, four feet wide, two feet deep. Mostly glass, um, and we're using hydroponic and vertical farming technology to grow the food on site. So um, LED lights that mimics the sun. Um, hydroponics means there's no soil. It's a recirculating system, so there's water and nutrients that oh, wow. we that we autodose into the um, into the water. Um, we control and and uh, measure the airflow. Uh, the air temperature, the water temperature. We chill the water. If you think about outside, the roots in the ground are colder than the, the shoots right, right, up right. above in the sun. And so all of this might might sound hard, and, and quite frankly it is, but we are taking the guesswork out and we're automating all the hardest parts. So, you know, figuring out the exact right nutrient makeup in the water, we're monitoring the pH and the EC of the water. Um, so, you know, we're monitoring the, the lights and we actually have cameras on every shelf. So... We're watching the plants grow and make sure they're growing properly. So cool. So yeah, you, so you can operate the units remotely. Correct. They're internet connected. 
we, I like to say, we're the, we're the green thumb in the cloud. Um, most cool. of our customers are, they're chefs, right? They're, you know... Um, schools? We work with schools, we work with restaurants, hotels. At the end of the day, it's generally, you know, the food service operator. Right. And they need to add water once a week. Um, and outside of that, most of the heavy lifting is is harvesting the greens. Oh. They, they focus on the cooking and harvesting and... Um, we think that's the fun part. Some people find it very meditative. I know you're a gardener, so you probably agree. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting that you've tackled a lot of the challenges already that chefs and chefs don't like surprises. <laughs> you know, they, right. they, they want to know what they're working with. You know, I know a lot of chefs that um, have gardens, have had gardens, and just it's it's such an, Im- a an immense amount of upkeep. Right. It is not about just planting. There are so many variables that can go wrong, from soil conditioning to insects. Oh God! In the Northeast, we are just stricken with all sorts of disease mm. and insects and invasive insects, and it's it's just gotten really difficult. And the chefs that are doing it, um, it's they're dedicated, and it's it's it has to be continued. And it's funny once. Once you see these gardens set up, if the person that is behind the gardening leaves, okay. about ninety percent of <laughs> those ninety percent right? yeah. of those gardens go to weed within a year. Right. Yeah. So it's really interesting to come across the hydroponic system that you have, and you've taken out a lot of those variables, allowing a chef or chefs or staff to really kind of focus on a few variables. There's still work. Sounds like that goes into there's a, there's a, it. It's about 10 minutes a day, I would say. You know, listen, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a controlled system, right? So we're, you're not, doesn't matter what the weather is outside, right? right? You know, at 24 hours, seven days a week, all year round, right? We're, it's working. It's a workhorse. Right. Um, we have been working with some of the best chefs in the world on the flavor profiles of these plants. I mean, I, Interesting. you talk about, like, consistency, right? You yeah. Know, you know, what, whether you're, what, if your soil or your weather, you're going to get different types of, of, um, of taste. And, and that's great, right? right? That's terroir. But it is nice to know that we can, um, by, you know, sometimes putting more blues or more reds in the LED lights, you can actually change the flavor oh, wow. of the herbs. And um, so by working with guys like Marcus Samuelson and Jose Andres, we've gotten the plants to what we think is like some of the best, most flavorful, you know, basil or hyssop or you know, dill, you're going to, you're going to get, and you can, you know, change. It's a recipe. It really is. Yeah. It's, 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 people don't think of it, but when, when you think about the lighting array and the nutrients and the amount of light you give it, right. All this basically comes into a plant recipe. And, um, so that's what we're, we're having some fun with as well. That's amazing. That's, okay. uh, and it, it's funny when you open up the, the doors, the doors it goes dark, <laughs> it goes dark, but you can smell the dill. Yeah. Right. Um, the, you gave us a sample of the hyssop, which is a, a, pretty much a, it's a Middle Eastern um, herb that I, I've seen you know, dried I've learned, and put I've, on hummus. I've, I've learned a lot about it, over, but in some woman even today said, you know, this goes goes back to Jesus Christ. Yeah, really? so, yeah. There, it, it's got a lot of um, it has some medicinal right. qualities and hyssop is added to a spice mix called zaatar. And well, you, isn't it? Is that that? The, I, I'm going to call you on that one. Oh, I want to hear <laughs> it. Let's um, see it. And if it's okay to run with this, it's kind of a nice little story. Let's do so it. I ha- so Zatar is actually uh, also known as like Le- like wild thyme. Right. And it grows in Lebanon. And it has okay. sumac in it, right? So so 
The first zatar, the herb, is what I, is actually it's a it's a it's a, it's a little bit like thyme. Okay. okay, it's like wild thyme. Then there's zatar, the spice mixture. Okay, that which most Americans think of that that's it has, what I'm it has sumac. Yep, it has generally dried thyme. Ironically, it doesn't always have the actual herb zatar in it, but I think it started off that way. Okay, and it has sesame seeds. Right, and you mix yep. it with olive oil, and you yep. put it on flatbread. Yeah, it's possible they put dried hyssop in it. I hadn't heard that before. Um, the fun thing about zatar, the herb, which quite frankly, and I happen to be coincidentally of Lebanese descent, so I grew okay. up, I grew up eating zatar, and my mom claimed that you know it opened up your mind, and so I used to have it every day when I had exams. That was like breakfast. <laughs> we're not now. Um, we're not smoking this. Right? No, we're not. No. <laughs> just just eating. Um, but but sahadis, um, which is a famous uh, Middle Eastern grocer on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, they came to us year and a half ago and said, hey, we're opening a new cafe and grocery in Industry City. And we can't get Zatar. Zatar oh. the herb. We want, you know, we we want to grow it. Can you do it? And they brought us seeds that they had actually smuggled in from Lebanon. Wow. And, and I gave it to the plant team and they grew it. And so now if you go to Sahadi's in Industry City, they're growing Zatar the the herb, right, from Lebanon in their farm shelves. So you actually cleared up a huge confusion for me. <laughs> Because when I would have za'atar on hummus with the oil, yeah. right, yeah. it was always that mixture of the sumac uh, and the sesame seeds and, and some time or, or, maybe or what I thought was hyssop, but maybe yeah. it's not not hyssop. But I didn't realize there was an actual herb. Yeah, most people don't. And by the way, I didn't even know, know it either. And, and I grew up with this stuff, so right, most right. people don't know about it. So hopefully, we you, you learned something on this podcast. Just oh, that's, there you go. that's fascinating. <laughs> well and it, and by the way, za'atar hummus to me. It, 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 no bueno unless you have good zatar spice. Right, blend that's on good. It. That's my. That's how I roll. So how did the um, farm shelf come how about? Did, yeah. So I, I can't pretend it was my idea. Okay. Um, my partner, uh, it was his idea. He looked around at the technologies out there, and, and he wanted to grow his own food. He was working at Pinterest at the time, and he was looked. He was collecting Pinterest boards about how do you grow your own food, and mm-hmm. he realized that. Everything out there was very hobbyist. It was not really taking advantage of the technology out there. Uh, And this is right around the same time that the price of the LED lights, which we use, right, really started to fall to the floor. Um, The the cost of the LEDs, you know, just a few years ago, maybe five years ago, would have cost $100,000 just for one of our units, right? Oh, my God. I I always kind of like to joke, like, there's a reason that – that there was only one thing that you know could you grow hydroponically indoors that made any financial <laughs> right, sense, and it wasn't and it wasn't food. Right, right, um, right. But 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 now all of a sudden um, you have this this drop in LED, the cost of LEDs, and then you've got um, other sort of technologies that we borrow from, like auto dosing. We auto dose the nutrients into the tank. Well, we don't. We borrow from the medical device field on that, right? And then if you think about <clears throat> you know machine learning and and the ability for cameras. To actually, you know, pick up, you know, fa- like think about facial recognition, right? We basically do that for plants, right? And so he said, let's let's bring all these different things together, and ultimately, I want to make it easy for people to grow food in their home, right? It's hard to do. You might not have the right weather for it. You might yeah, not right. have any land because you right. live in an apartment building, space, whatever yeah. space, right. right? And he um, he got some advice from some people. Said, you know what? Start with restaurants and hotels and food service first, and really like get the buy-in from chefs and work out those flavor profiles and work out, you know, really bulletproof the technology before you go into somebody's home. So that if you think about like Vitamix or Sub-Zero, right, those companies or even Keurig, they started in, they started commercially 
And then people mm -hmm. like said, oh, I know Vitamix. Chefs, that's what chefs use, right? And so then... Jump on so, board. So we want, um, we want to build our brand, Farm Shelf, um, with great chefs and hotels. And, and when it comes time to launch the home unit, it's not like, what the heck is Farm Shelf? Hopefully right. they're like, oh yeah, so I know, I know Farm Shelf. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. like, and if the produce is good, good enough for Jose Andres, it's probably good enough for me, right? Right. So, you know, long, long answer to your question, but I... I met Andrew um, about two and a half years ago, and my background was in the food world. And I had worked at Food and Wine Magazine and Travel and Leisure Magazine, and and really grew up with a lot of um, well-known chefs and restaurateurs and hoteliers. So I knew all these folks. And you got um, your foot in the door, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I was looking for a change because um, you guys work in the media business. The media business, particularly the magazine business, was not exactly flourishing. And um, right. But I really, my passion was always on the food side of things anyway. So we um, we joined forces. I joined him as one of the co-founders uh, a couple of years ago. And we we started like pounding the pavement and talking to, to people out there. And, um, you know, people were really interested. I mean, I knew right away. You know, when you call a chef and they're like, well, you're doing what? Right. <laughs> and you, you come from the industry so you know what the niche needs are and how these how or you know food people industry who know what the niche is at. Right, right right so that's you know understanding that helps you yeah. probably in the engineering ultimately of these actual yeah needs. i mean i you know listen this this is one of the great things about farm shelf is we have this diverse group of people and you mentioned engineering right so we've got mechanical engineers who are working with electrical engineers who are working with industrial designers who are working with plant scientists Right. And software engineers and, you know, guys like me who know a little bit about, you know, the food world and, right. and, um, and we're all coming together to to make a product that is, you know, easy to use. That's beautiful. That tells a story. Yeah, you right. know, hopefully your viewers or your listeners will, will look at um, look at the pictures of Farm Shelf. And we really make the plants the hero. And um, we want people to understand. We were talking about it earlier, like the story of where their food comes from. Right. Like it doesn't just like come out of nowhere, right? right? And when you see it growing from seed right in front of you, um, it's pretty It's pretty awesome, yeah, it's cool. right? You really get a sense of um, yeah. how, how it grows. Yeah. And so what, was, what were, was it like bringing, so you have this idea of, of putting this together, this project together. What was it like bringing the different engineers into the picture and how, what was the time frame like to, yeah. to engineer this? We, we built... Um, so we had a sort of beta version of our product. Um, it probably took a year to make that beta version. And we had it in about 25, uh, 15 or 20 different locations. We had it in a hotel, in a corporate cafeteria. We had units at Grand Central, actually in the Great Northern Food Hall. I have seen it there. Yeah. Yep. Those were our beta units. We're, we're going back in there soon. Um, and so we used that year to like interact with with chefs and see Problem what like solve. yeah yeah so yeah. like I'll tell you one of the things like th there's a lot of, of upgrades we made but for instance the trays that the unit that the trays that the plants sit in right um, are were not removable so you know to harvest you had to like get in the unit and like if you weren't tall it was like <laughs> yeah. in the back corner it was like but now we've built these trays and and this might sound easier than it actually is is so that they're removable so that you can take them and harvest you know, table side if it's a fine dining or oh, at yeah, a bar yeah. or in the kitchen or wherever you want. Um, now, got to remember those trays are, are housing, you know, a 
significant number of plants and their roots and the water. So it's not as easy as just like taking yeah. them out. Oh. So the designers and engineers had to come up with a way so that you could make so that you could easily get the water out of the tray um, fairly quickly so that you could lift it out of the system and, and harvest. Right? Yeah. Um, so things like that we learned along the way. And, um, you know, the, the, everybody's, you know, kind of getting together and figuring this stuff out and figuring out like, Hey, what's the best way to get the, you know, where do we want to put those nutrient bottles? How do we get the, get the nutrients into the tank? And then where do we put the probes that are going to measure the, you know, the pH of the, of the water uh, to make sure the plants are getting exactly what they need. So all, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of, of tech in there. Um, but we like it to all be in the background, right? So when you saw them, you, right. just, the you just see beautiful plants. Oh, it's beautiful. Right. Yeah. And, and like, you open the door. It, right. So, um, but yeah, from, you know, it, it's the company's three years old. So okay. from sort of from like the kernel of an idea to now we've got 125 um, units out there in the okay. wild. That's, that's pretty impressive yeah. for being three years old, you know, from and, and getting to this point and how, uh, how you've 125 right now currently operating out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, what are, wh- when, you dis- when you were deciding what to grow, was that a combination of talking to chefs, plant scientists, um, as what, what you're going to grow, and yeah. what are the varieties of, you got of things? You've got 50 varieties, you yeah, say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, any plans we, like in the future we, to like sure, experiment? Sure, we, we, um, so if you think of a commercial operation, right, you, we would suggest that we can basically grow anything that's leafy and green. You know, from, you know, basil to chives to, you know, beautiful butter lettuce or kale, arugula. Um, we would say to a commercial operation, if you want to have meaningful yield and, you know, one of our units can do about four or five pounds per week, um, you're not going to get that by doing head lettuce because head lettuce, you know, is, is generally one and done. You could, in theory, eat the leaves around the core and it could regrow, but it does right, not right. regrow the same speed right. as, as a... Yeah, like an arugula or a, or a mustard green, right? Um, so part of it is sort of coaching people about, you know, what do you what do you want to grow and what kind of yield do you... Now, listen, once we're in your home, we'll grow kale and butter lettuce all day long because you don't need, you know, you don't need 50 heads a day, right? right. right? Um, but right now, that's... So we're suggesting the faster growing crops. We grow things that are... The more expensive the item you grow, the faster you're going to make your money back. Um, yeah. You know, you can grow mint, but quite frankly, mint's pretty, you know, easy and, and inexpensive to buy. If you grow hyssop or, you know, viola, these flowering herbs or tangerine gem that are harder to source and more expensive, then the unit's going to pay for itself a lot faster. Right. And, you know, it depends on some some people care about the R. I mean, everybody cares about ROI, but some people are, it's more about, they, they like the sustainability, they like the story it tells, yeah. they like the marketing. Yeah. Um, and some are like, I need... I need the cost to like pay for itself. So um, sort of all those factors come into play. We have been testing, we have grown strawberries in our units. Oh, wow. oh in, interesting. In the, in the um, at, back at the lab, at our lab in Brooklyn. Um, we've grown radishes. Hmm. Um, we've grown peppers. So most of these are probably going to be more for uh-huh. the home use because again like slower process it's a slower process right. um there are some things like on the strawberry you've got to trick it into fruiting strawberries are not they there's they have a seasonality they need them, that right? uh, we don't that we, cold snap right so we can yeah we can but we can do it but i don't think you're going to get um enough strawberries you know to satisfy a restaurant right, 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 right the way so 
it kind of depends on who we're now they might want to grow them for the visual and for you know yeah. certain house made strawberry uh, xyz and a cocktail that'll be, and that'll be fine yeah. um but f- right now we have we're sticking with leafy greens and herbs and what are some so uh as far as the the chemicals that are being used the nutrients you have a number of nutrients yeah. how are they as far as um environmentally safe uh you know obviously the roots are in them how are they derived yeah um so we use um among you know nitrogen phosphorus magnesium right they are all things that all things the plants need at the end of the day the plants are taking the ion from you know whether it's from the soil or from hydroponics right right? it's that's that's what the food is um i know you didn't ask me this but i'll sort of say it is not an organic you know, these are not organic nutrients. Okay. And, and the truth is, organic is really about the soil. Of course, we don't have any soil. Right, so right, right off the bat, you know, right. you can't, we use organic uh, seeds. We have an organic medium. We use peat moss. That's what the, the, oh, great. the, the yeah. seed actually lives in it. Um, but the, um, you know, the nutrients are, 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 are mined. And um, what I would say is some of them are not perfect for the environment quite frankly and we're really trying to find other nutrients um, that we can replace it that are more environmentally friendly what is nice about what we do is that it's a recirculating hydroponic system so as to say is that we first of all we use way less nutrients because we're just giving exactly what yep. the plant needs mm-hmm. right and the water is staying in there so you only like so you regenerate right. the, the water is absorbing the nutrients and, and the um and once a once a quarter or so will back flush those units. So the runoff from our systems is, you know, minimal, minute, you know, relative to other hydroponic operations or certainly other farms that are, you know, by the way, the fertilizers they're using, it's, it's, they're also some, you know, so I would say the the produce coming out of a farm shelf that you've watched grow from seed in your unit and is sealed. um, It's about as healthy as you can get. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. How how long does the uh, water in the system last? So we, uh, you need to add about five gallons a week. A week. Um, and, and, but you have a tank that's 25 gallons because you want that, you want those nutrients and, and that recirculating water to have a, a, a big reservoir of water yeah. that it, that it um, can right. tap into. Right. And that makes it so much easier because oh, you've got the, there's a digital display on it too. So it's like, right, right. System, yeah. I mean, if you think about like, listen, soil's nature and, you know, you can't really beat nature, but. It's not a great way to deliver water, right? It's like trying to drink out of a sponge, right? right? When you are giving the roots, or they're sitting in a, in a perfectly calibrated, nutrient-rich water bath, right? You're giving them exactly what they need when they need it, right? And so there's not a lot of waste. And, you know, we use 95% less water than you'd use and you're out, getting, out in the field. Right, right, and you're getting a lot more consistency because, you know, you're not dealing with things like, oh, I overwatered and, the, you know, you start getting root rot and some of those things. It's all so controlled. It's all controlled. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're getting the optimum conditions so that they can grow. And, um, I, and I, I've seen, I've had a few hydroponic, like, home mm-hmm. kind of Unit. yeah. units. And it's, you know, the... If, if you miss a day or or the, the, you added too much or too little and um, you'd get this like massive evaporation and buildup of, uh, you know, a crusting buildup of, yeah. and then you get these weird bolting kind of, uh, you know, where it just, it, the lighting wasn't right. Yeah. 
Um, I just haven't seen them work. And this is the first time I've seen it work really, really well. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and um, what about what about pests? Pests, um, pests and disease. Is that something that you ever... It's something we're, we're always thinking about. Yeah. Um, we have it an IPM, it's an integrated um, pest management system. And um, so if you're outside or if you're growing, like we're looking at the plants, you know, in front of us, right? Pests are going to get attracted to it. Right? Oh, yeah. But if you're in a sealed, controlled system, right? They really aren't... Um, they can't, they can't get in. Right. Right. So there are... Um, I'm not going to say there's never any pest issues, um, but they're the kind of pests that you and I would not really think of, which is to say they're, you know, they might be uh, like on the leaves. You wouldn't even be able to know they were there. By the way, if you go to the farmer's market, chances are you're taking oh, home a lot of pests, pests on your, yeah, on your so, lettuce. Yeah, we've, we've, we've covered that in mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of it's just, some of it's just like a discoloration of right. the, of the leaf, right? More than it is. So, um, but we have additives that we can put into the tank to control for that. Gotcha. And, um, you know, the, you know, the worst case scenario is take, you, you replace the shelf, right. um, but that rarely happens. How many plants can be accommodated in the uh, farm shelf? It has a spot for 288 plants. Oh, wow. Um, That's a lot. That, That's and, really and, impressive. And so if you, if you grow chives, which grows straight up, mm-hmm. you can do all 288 Yeah, I'm plants. sure. Yeah. If most of what we grow, we do every other. Okay. So 144. So it's Even still it's decent. It's a, no, it's a lot of plants. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of plants. I, I, you know, the quick math says that we're we're growing, you know, over twenty thousand plants out there in our systems. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, can you can you talk about um, uh, when a residential unit might be coming on the market yeah, within I mean, I th- the time frame? I th- yeah, I think I think we're probably eighteen months away. That's great. Um, you know, from maybe like the, the early adopters. But, um, what would be the difference in size? We haven't figured it out yet, to, okay. be, to be frank. But I, I, I imagine, you know, we are, what we're really trying to do here is like we're building the Lego blocks, right, to make it easy to grow your own food. Yeah. And if you think about on a shelf, we have four trays, four trays per shelf. That tray is, right, and w- which has the, <clears throat> the 18 plant sites. Um, it, that's your Lego block. Right, so imagine, you know, maybe one shelf that's mounted on a wall. Right. That looks beautiful. Right. And you're, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you have the germination drawer p- perhaps underneath in a wet bar. Yeah, so yeah. we're figuring, I, I don't have the answer, but right. we for sure what it's going to be is it's going to be beautiful and really easy to use. Right. Perfect. So that, that's what people want. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's going to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Most important. <laughs> that's, that's always a good thing. Yeah. I'd love to see like... I'd love to see something done like with mushrooms, like a mushroom box where you could. There is a com- there's a company called in- inoculated the, the, there, logs. There is a company called um, Stronghold that does uh, small hold <laughs> that does mushrooms. That does mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that. Wow. I'm gonna uh, just while you're talking, I'll show you what the home unit could look like. Oh. Yeah, that you can't you can't see it, but that's oh, that's cool. Oh, that's very cool. Like a fish tank, and that actually. You know, looking at what we're looking at here on the podcast is it's a it's a small kind of shelf like unit, but it actually looks like artwork. Right. Yeah, really. And that could actually work in a both a residential and a commercial. Yeah. Just kind of dressing it up. Yeah. We you know we um, when I first when we first started talking to some chefs, there was a chef who said, "Listen," um, he he said, "I want you to anywhere that I've wasted space, right? I want to put I want to grow food cool. under uh, in the bar." Yeah. Under the tables, yeah. like and and we'd love to get to a point where we can 
do yeah. that. I don't think it's that far away. Right. But um, and that, yeah. that's trending a lot now. You know, as far as living roofs. You know, yeah, we're, right. we're up here. There's right. gardens right up here. You know, sure. having living roofs, having, uh, you know, being able to see the green in a city, wherever space is available, just makes it for a better space. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and you can eat it. And right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're about. Form and function. We want it to be beautiful. Plants are beautiful, right? And the nice thing is, you bring some light into a space. I mean, as we, as we get into the winter, and you know, it's getting cold here in New York. Um, that's when farm shelf is really great, right? Because yeah. it brings some light into the room. It brings, you know, the plants. It's right the, there. It's a sensory experience. That's you it. smell them, yeah. as you mentioned, when yeah, you're yeah. doors. Yeah, that was actually very noticeable, <laughs> especially with the hyssop. I wasn't expe- expecting that. Yeah, so really cool. Um, and how do, we, uh, how do we reach out to you? How do um, restaurants reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, um, you can, we're, we're in Brooklyn. We're at farmshelf.com. I'm JP at farmshelf.com. Feel, for, feel, feel free to, uh, to shoot me a note. Are you planning on any kind of retail space at some point? Um, we've thought about it. I and mean, I'd love to have a restaurant that was li- lined with farm shelves yeah, where right. everything, every salad you ate and every herb was, was came out of the farm shelf. Right. Um, it's mostly in my mind right now. And my, but um, <laughs> You know, you're painting a picture. I can kind of but, see that. But, you, you know, but, you know, the nice thing is that we have such great partners and that, and that, you know, of the 125 units that I mentioned, 123 of them are front of house, right? So like everybody is, so you can, you know, like we walked to Mercado Little Spain and you can go and see them, you know, in yeah. a lot of restaurants and hotels. Nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Grand Central now too. Yep. Grand Central is, is, we're coming back in there soon. They yeah. had our beta units. We're upgrading yeah. those. Um, yeah. yeah. New York, D.C. We're in Texas now. San Francisco next right. month. And real Chicago. Do you set them up? Do you come out with technicians? Or is it fairly, is it deliver plug and play for it's, the most part? It is plug and play, but we do, we do come and set it up. Yeah. Because, listen, people, they need a little hold, hand holding. Yeah. So, as, as you know, you can make it as easy as we have, but you still need to, we want people to have a great experience yeah. and, and we want to get them set up. And, um, and then we'll come back and we do some periodic visits to make sure everything's... Yeah, we're always we're always watching from from the. I web. know. So, like, if, well, if you're listening, he, he's like, "Let me show you every single." He pulls up. Uh, you pull up on your on right, your phone. It's our, it's our plant cam. Your right? plant so we, cam. So we see all the plants, and we that way you can make sure they're growing properly. So, we're big brother for plants. That's great. Cool. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be a few years from now, like the spoof reel of <laughs> of the plant cams, like little you know hands going in or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure someone will. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for um, enlightening us on uh, kind of the new system, the new technology yeah, that's coming out in hydroponics. Check out farmshelf.com. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. And Real. we will see you at the next podcast. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.